Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome into this new episode of UAP Weekly. Stephen Diener right here joining you as always to give you the latest updates and news and interviews surrounding everything happening in the world of UAP and aliens and all this stuff that's going on. And I have to say, I'm so happy about the timing of this show that I was finally able to start this new uh, you know, version. Well, not new version, but I guess spinoff, new iteration of... The normal UAP that you're used to hearing, which of course is not going any, anywhere, in the uh, part two episode of Australian Sightings coming out next week, working on that as we speak. But I'm so happy to have this one right now as well, because with everything happening, there's something that happens every day. And with the NASA hearing, we just had our first ever hearing, public hearing from NASA and their UAP investigative committee. And so, I mean, you talk about timing to be able to have that going on and just starting this new version of UAP with UAP Weekly. I mean, I just, I love it. So I'm happy this all worked out, the timing of it all, because we're going to review what we heard yesterday uh, from NASA and Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, who was the special guest there, kind of going back and forth, this uh, discourse between Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, of course, the head of Arrow. You know, the government arm of, um, I should say maybe the, the DOD arm of the UAP investigative department. And then you have NASA's committee looking into UAP. So they kind of got together yesterday talking about what each have found and answering questions that uh, they were ask, uh, asking Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick. So a few things to review from there because there were some things that definitely caught my attention. And then also, and there, there's, man, this show is just chock full of goodies today. We're also going to get to an interview that I had teased last week on UAP when I said that I was going to be talking to an attorney. And not, nothing, I'm not in trouble or anything, <laughs> so it's nothing like that. But there's an attorney out of Chicago named Paige Fox, and she approached me. She's a listener of the show. She, she's a fan of UAP, and she approached me through the Twitter account, actually, like a lot of you have, at UAPodcast850 on Twitter, and she said, hey, I have this idea, and you're going to find out what that idea is. It's truly fascinating. I think I said this last week, and I'll say it again. I think it's a game changer. It really has the possibility to get a lot of people's attention. Um, so we're going to talk to Paige Fox in just a little bit as well. But before we get into that here on UAP Weekly, we got to cover, like I said, this hearing that took place yesterday. The first time ever NASA holds the public hearing on their what amounted to a nine-month study looking into the UAP phenomenon. And, of course, they brought in Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick. So they covered a lot of ground. Um, they asked him a lot of questions. It lasted about, oh, a half an hour or so, just the Q&A session when it came to the actual NASA committee and Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick himself from, you know, the, the head of Arrow there. Um, 
And one of the things that they talked about was, well, actually they talked about a lot of things, but a couple of things that I'm going to get to, Dr. Kirkpatrick talked about sensors and they brought a lot up about the Mosul orb. So basically a lot of the things that I spoke about with you uh, on episode 68 of UAP when I covered the Mosul orb and I gave you the information that I got from my own military source. Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick really kind of confirmed all that in a way. So I'm going to get to that. But before I get to his statements, he's talking about, you know, those sensors, the number of cases that they're looking into. There were some eye-opening things. But I want to play you this first. This is a clip from the uh, the chair, the head guy, the head honcho, the big cheese. This guy is the chair of NASA's UAP independent study team. His name is David Spurgle or Spurgel. I'm not sure, but I'll go with uh, Spurgle. And this is what he had to say about NASA's approach and I guess how they're looking at everything going on around them as well. We haven't found life beyond Earth yet, right? I mean, let's be clear about this. We haven't found it yet, but we're looking and we're looking for it in lots of different ways. You know, is NASA hiding anything about this? No. Well, I have my doubts about his his comments there, but you can make up your own mind. But it was interesting to hear that. Again, to, to have this all talked about in the open, I know I've said that a million times, but it's still, it, it doesn't cease to amaze me because I've grown up in the age of secrecy, in the age of you can't talk about this if you talk about all this, you're a crazy person. And now... We come off of the hearing yesterday, and I say yesterday, this is June 1st as I'm recording this, and uh, as we put it out, this, the premiere of this episode on Thursday, June 1st, so this um, hearing took place on Wednesday, May 31st, so if you're not listening to this on June 1st, I keep saying yesterday, it's it happened on May 31st, okay, um, If in case you're listening to this outside of June 1st, so when this to see this hearing take place... And to hear it happening where you have this this committee from NASA and the head of the, you know, aero division uh, from from the government, from the Pentagon, the DOD, whatever you want to say, talking about this stuff in the open is still very foreign to me. It's still very strange to see all that. So it's it's a good thing. It's a good step. But in the same time, it's like, man, this is this is really happening. So one of the things that now after the committee chief there, the, uh, the the head honcho there, David Spurgle, spoke from NASA. They were talking to Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick about, you know, what's going on? What have you found? Now, first of all, one of the things I want to mention here before I get into this sound, this is where Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick is talking about the sensors because they asked him about, well, you know, what type of sensors are we using? What are we able to capture? And he started to get into the Mosul orb. And if you remember or if you, if you didn't hear episode 68 where I covered this, I was talking about the Mosul Orb, this metallic sphere that was uh, seen flying over Iraq a year or two ago from this, this drone that was flying over Iraq, U.S. military drone. And it you know captured this thing on camera going very fast, and they don't know what it was, right? No, no visible means of propulsion. It's just this metallic orb flying over the deserts of Iraq. And one of the big things that I had told you in that episode from my sources that told me that they absolutely do have all the sensors to follow this thing and that they absolutely do know where it went. Now, that's not what Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick has said, but that's what I told you 
about what I was told regarding that situation. So now, this is why I found this comment very interesting here from Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick when he spoke about, when he answered the question, what type of sensors do you have? So we aren't just relying on the DOD and IC sensors that exist today because, frankly, they don't point to where we want them to point. Right. I mean, I'll be frank with with everyone. We we can point the largest collection apparatus in the entire globe at any point we want. You just have to tell me where I want to point it. Hello. (laughs) Does that sound familiar? So that kind of confirms what I was told and what I told you, what I was able to tell you. On, and this isn't like an I told you so moment. It's not, I'm not doing that at all. But I found it so very fascinating to hear him basically confirm in his own way what I was being told already and what I spoke about on, on episode 68, saying that, of course, they have all these sensors everywhere and they can see whatever they want to see. So, I mean, he, he said it right there. But that's why I found it silly when they're saying, well, we don't know you know, where this orb went and this and that, they have all the footage. We've only seen a snippet of the Mosul orb. But the they, when they say they don't know what it is, you know, you can believe what, what you want on that because they keep saying they don't know what it is and a lot of these other anomalies. But one of the things that I was also surprised to see was Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick put up this, um, this chart. And on the chart, he had, a, you know, all these different slides he was showing yesterday during this hearing. And on this chart, he showed about the uh, reporting trends that they see. So, you know, a couple of things, not surprised. They're talking about the shape of the craft that people see, you know, uh, these metallic orbs, uh, of course, the classic saucer shapes and things like that. But one of the things that was shocked to see them actually put out there was speeds that are very slow all the way up to Mach 2. And they actually said that. So... To me, that was actually a little bit of disclosure because I hadn't seen them disclose this um, the speed of Mach 2 that you know you hear from a lot of people that I've heard from sources myself. So that was interesting to see. But the thing that really caught my eye that was on this reporting trends chart was the the, the color of the UAP that people are seeing. Now they talked about you know white and silver, but they also actually mentioned translucent. And I was honestly shocked to see that they admitted about the translucent craft that are being reported from pilots. Again, something I was told from my sources that I thought, well, there's no way that's going to come out. But they actually did put that out yesterday during this hearing on this chart that Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick was showing of these reporting trends. They actually put on there, yeah, they're seeing these translucent craft. So, with all that said, it was pretty intriguing, even though overall they kind of ended this this hearing by saying, well, something's out there, we just don't know what it is, and we don't really have any answers, so we're going to continue to investigate, which is kind of, um, you know... I guess what what we expected, but they also talked to Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick about you know what are, what are the cases like? What are you seeing? What's being reported to you? So I've kind of found his uh, answer fascinating here. We roughly get. I mean, you can do the math. You know, it depends anywhere from from fifty to 
100-ish new reports a month. Now, the reason we had such a big jump recently is because I got FAA's data integrated in finally, and so we ended up with like 100 and some odd new cases. But the numbers I would say that we see are possibly really anomalous, so maybe two to five-ish percent. So those are the ones I cannot explain, right? Anomalous. They're talking about the ones that, you know, they still put in that unexplained category, the ones that, like the Mosul Orb, all right? And a lot of other ones that we don't really hear about. But that's a pretty good number. If you're talking about, you know, a clip of a 50 to 100, 150 new cases a month that are coming to them, to say 2 to 5%, that starts to add up. So there were some good tidbits here that came out of this hearing and there's a couple more that I'm going to play for you at the end of the show from Dr. Sean Kirk, uh, Kirkpatrick. But those couple of things really did kind of catch my attention. Not that they, you know, certainly came out with any full disclosure. Again, their their overall conclusion yesterday was we're still investigating these things. We don't know what they are, but we need to find out. That was their conclusion. And they're talking about this in the open, which, again, is still amazes me growing up in the time that I grew up in when you never heard about these things in the open. But like I said, I am going to um, play a couple more things from that hearing at the end of the show that connects to what we're about to talk about next, because I want to bring in Paige Fox. Again, Paige is an attorney out of Chicago and really excited uh, to talk to her here about this, because what she approached me about to talk about Something that I've never seen before. It was something that uh, she approached me and said, hey, have you ever thought about looking at it from this aspect? Here's my mission. Here's what I'm doing. And it's looking at the UAP discussion from the legal side of things. And I think that's fascinating. You know, we're just talking about all the NASA briefing yesterday and what they had to say. And now to kind of look at this from the legal aspect to bring on Paige to, to kind of look at it from this angle that I've never considered. And it's really fascinating because she's putting together quite the team. So... Paige, thank you for joining UAP Weekly. Thanks for coming on here uh, with, with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, so first off, I want you, if you're okay with it, to tell everybody kind of your background first. Um, almost like, you know, your your legal resume. How'd you, how did you first get into the legal side of things, and how did that evolve into now looking into the UAP phenomenon? Yeah, um, so it... It's actually a pretty quick story, um, but I'll start back. So I um, I graduated from U of I in 2012, went to law school in Chicago, um, Chicago, Kent, graduated in 2015, and have been practicing since 2015. I was doing estate planning and elder law in a small firm outside of Chicago, but practicing in the Chicagoland area. And I, um, as of last year, had moved to a bigger firm downtown. I am really involved in the Chicago Bar Association and National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys. Um, and so in that area, I was doing a lot of CLEs, which is continued legal education. Mm -hmm. I was organizing them for the different um, organizations I was a part of. And it just is a good way to essentially introduce new legal knowledge or more um, intense or advanced in legal knowledge in a certain field. And then October 2022 came around and Netflix had come out with the new uh, Unsolved Mysteries. And there was one about something in the sky. Mm. And I watched that episode and it was just, it was almost, I mean, it was really eye-opening to me because just the the absurd number of people who witnessed this event, the, you know, it's on air traffic control. There's, there's 
911 calls. There's all of this evidence. And in my mind, it's evidence. You know, one mm -hmm. of the big podcasts I listened to is the prosecutors, and it strictly was always talking about evidence. Um, and so that's really what got me interested to begin with. And I really went down a major rabbit hole. <laughs> I mean, I've listened to every single podcast about this stuff um, that I could find, including yours, and I love yours. Thank um, you. <laughs> and as of March of 2023, I was it was finding I was finding it really hard to do what I was doing for the last six years, um, and still feel like I was helping. And so again, like I said, it was I was getting I was finding it harder and harder to get my billable hours for stuff that to me didn't seem to matter anymore. And I wanted to focus more of my time on this stuff. And then I started talking about it a little bit more mm. and I started posting it on my, my LinkedIn, for example. And I felt like, I don't know if this is a really good idea <laughs> in terms of I work for a firm, like they have a reputation to uphold. I should probably be careful with that. But then at the same time, I realized this stuff matters. People need to hear about it because again, the more I was seeing, the more I was learning, it's all just right in front of our face. And so I ultimately ended up quitting my job wow. at the firm. Yeah. So there's been a lot of like, I just recently <laughs> got back from staying at a, my family's for a week just to convince them to show them like, hey, I'm still Paige. I'm still normal. Right. I'm, I haven't lost my Marvel essentially. <laughs> and then it kind of all clicked within the last few months since I wasn't working as much. And like I had more time to focus on all of this, like just really how important it is, but also just like how possible it would be to get the word out. And so my goal from there was I decided I'm going to do a CLE. Like I'm going to create a continued legal education seminar or presentation mm. on literally aliens. <laughs> like as bizarre as that sounds. And that's the amazing thing. I mean, it's to hear that progression from where you started, you know, what your original goals were, your original intents as as an attorney, and then to kind of had that natural progression where you start to, like you said, fall down the rabbit hole a little bit when it came to the idea, the discussion, and then you kind of start to realize, wait a minute, there might be something to this. And that's why I found fascinating when it, when I spoke to you at first, kind of, you know, off air, we had a couple of discussions and things like mm -hmm. that. And I just find it so fascinating where you're able to take that legal perspective and flip it to something like this, because when I, as I mean, you said, I'm not like trying to pat myself on the back here, but you said, you know, you've listened to, to the podcast before. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some of the, in the way I present some of these things, it's more of evidence-based. I mean, I kind of do that mm -hmm. myself where it's, here's what people are saying. You make your mind up of, you know, whether or not you agree about the story, but, but here's what they're saying. And I think it's, that's the fascinating part where you have essentially evidence, right? And so there, there's so a lot now whether or not you know a listener would agree with it or a jury would agree with it it's a different story but you can present that evidence and so i found that fascinating that basically that's what you're going to do and now you've kind of started a team right i mean this is like this is really progressing it's progressed very fast i mean like you said you just kind of made the jump here a couple months ago back mm -hmm. in march two or three months ago so now you've actually progressed to where you have a team where you're going to be attacking this from, from a legal, I guess, aspect. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I sent a couple emails, um, out to people. I sent one to Danny Sheehan, um, attorney Danny Sheehan and also Dr. Greer, Dr. Stephen Greer. Those are, those are a couple of big names. If I can just jump in real quick because yeah. <laughs> Danny Sheehan is somebody, if, uh, if you're not familiar, 
Um, he represents, I think he still does, uh, Lou Elizondo, who I've spoken about. If you're into this type of discussion, you know who Lou Elizondo is. You might have different opinions on Lou Elizondo and what he says, but you know who he is either way. And Danny Sheehan is a famous lawyer. He's been a you know, pretty incredible career, a prestigious lawyer. Um, and he actually uh, defended or, you know, yeah, yeah, defended. I guess, you know, his clients were whistleblowers as well. You know, government mm-hmm. whistle- whistleblowers, which I actually mentioned in uh, the previous episode of UAP. So it's kind of fascinating that you've actually connected with him um, because he's pretty much like at the top of the discussion right now when it comes to all this stuff. And Dr. Greer, who Dr. Stephen Greer is like top notch when it comes to talking about these things and the disclosure project. So you kind of dove right in, didn't you? You didn't, you didn't waste any time. You went right in and just said, all right, let me let me uh, assemble a dream team here. Yeah, no. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I reached out and I truly had zero idea if, if I would hear back from anybody. Um, but I did hear back from both of them relatively quickly and was able to um, talk with Danny for a, a while. Um, he's absolutely wonderful. Um, he's got a lot of projects going on. Um, and then Dr. Greer as well reached out and yeah, we are now working on getting a legal team together. Essentially I'm working with, um, an attorney by the name of Derek Garcia out of New Mexico too. Um, it's the two of us right now, but we are in the process of bringing on people, um, onto our team. And there's, I had actually sent you the video. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Greer and Derek did a YouTube video on a little bit more about what we're going to be going through. Um, and what, what our plan is essentially, at least right now, but yeah. Yeah. So, and it, I mean, I reached out to people, I think it was either late or eight, late April or early, earlier this month. <laughs> it's still May. It was right. early May or something. <laughs> so yeah, it all is moving very quickly. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I, for sure. And that's what I have kind of found uh, interesting how quickly the wheels are in motion now with this, because what I'm wondering is, um, when you talk about putting this team together, your partner Derek out in uh, uh, New Mexico, you, have you found behind the scenes different attorneys that you've come across, whether it was conventions or people you went to school with, you know, people you meet along the way? Do you find that behind the scenes they're really interested in having the discussion, but that when they get in front of the cameras, so to speak, they kind of shy away and they say, mm, may not be the right time for me to talk about this? Um, Without naming any I would names. Say it's- <laughs> yeah, I would say it's like 50 50. Okay. Um, to be honest, when I mean, they did the YouTube video and that got released, there were so many views so quickly. It was like, oh, this is about, to, you know, this is yeah. going to be pretty overwhelming. And we have gotten a lot of responses. Um, and they're all, I mean, so what I've noticed is a lot of it, um, well, people that I've talked with uh, are potentially either have not practicing fully or have like retired. But again, I think that's probably more related to just the time mm. that you you can you can really commit to this stuff because when you're when you have a nineteen hour or nineteen hundred billable hour requirement yeah. a year, you know you're just barely getting through to make that billable hour. You don't have much time to study aliens, right? Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but I've been openly discussing it with, I mean, I'm on my LinkedIn um, with all of my friends from law school and. There are very few who are just willing to have like, you know, just full blown conversations, but everybody 
that I've talked to has been like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's definitely something there and there's interest. And I think that the more that we reach out to people, the more that people hear about this stuff, you know, via your podcast, via TikToks, LinkedIn, anything like that, as long as it's on a professional level, you know, like my biggest thing is making sure that, that this is talked about in mm -hmm. terms of it's a professional thing. You know, it's not, it doesn't make you quote crazy. Right. It's, it's happening. I mean, NASA's talking about it. The right. government's talking about it. Con you know, it's, there's the disclosure project conference in a couple weeks. Like it's all being talked about and it's all out there. So it's just a matter of getting it all organized so that people can see it without having to spend hours and hours and hours and hours looking into it. And I, I, it's actually exactly the point I wanted to hit on because when you say, you know, it's all out there now. And so I'm wondering, because of the recent climate and how open people are to it now that, you know, they're open to having that discussion. NASA has a briefing on it. They have, you know, public hearings with the Senate Intelligence Committee. Could you or maybe the better question is, would you have done what you're doing five years ago? I mean, not even 10 years ago, maybe five years ago. Is this something that, that you would have been doing? I, I, <laughs> to be honest, I definitely, I mean, I would have considered it, but it never even crossed my mind. Like I have at this point, I, I think it had more to do with the confidence I have in myself and my ability and the like respect that I have in the legal community. I think that is the main reason why I would do it now versus back then. Hmm. Um, because I think it was still all that evidence was still all there. Um, and I think it was probably talked about, you know, I just wasn't paying attention as much. Um, but I just, I think the reason that I wouldn't have approached it or wouldn't have been able to is between the amount of just the stigma of it and also like the time management aspect right. of it, which is the big thing I think with attorneys in general. Right. Sure. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you use the word stigma. I mean, that's something just from my own personal perspective, why I was always hesitant to talk about these things. You know, I had to kind of be pushed by friends to say, hey, you know, you've always been interested in this stuff. I mean, like you, it's something that you find you're passionate about and you know stuff is going on and you want to get the word out there. And it just kind of takes off from there and it kind of, you know, takes a life of, of, of its own, so to speak. And I think I experienced that with the podcast. I mean, I mm -hmm. in full in my own full disclosure, I never imagined it would grow to where it is right now. Um, so right. I think you and everybody else has been listening and has kind of taken to it. And I'm sure the same for you. You probably didn't imagine that your own mission to take this to a legal recourse would grow the way it is, where you're having conversations with a Danny Sheehan, with you know a, a Dr. Stephen Greer, where now you're putting together a team to take this to to legal matters. So is that is that the end goal? I guess, Paige, is that what you have in mind? Is to actually sit in a court of law in a jury trial to present evidence? to prove that these things have happened and are happening? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that is definitely one of the goals. Um, how quickly we move on this stuff, I don't know what routes we go. I can't say for sure. But that is definitely one of the goals. Um, one of my other primary goals is just to make this something that's talked about as, it's, as everything else is. Um, because 
It is. It, it should be discussed normally. It should mm -hmm. be something that people, you know, like I've started and I have no idea, but I've deemed it like space law. Like that's what I'm referring to. It as. <laughs> that works. But really, I mean, it, it touches on every sort of law and it impacts us in every single legal way imaginable. Um, and it just it needs to be discussed and it needs to be discussed in a way that you're not getting side-eyed, mm -hmm. you know, you're not getting looked at. I'm not getting a text message from my cousin that's saying, I believe you on this stuff page, but you really need to just chill out before people like start, <laughs> you know, start looking at you funny. And I was like, they already do. Right. That's fine. <laughs> that's not the point. I mean, the point is that to talk about it so much so that they can't side eye me, you know, that they can't say, well, this isn't happening because when you have 300 eyewitnesses for any, like any case in what mm -hmm. world is that going to be considered that that's not enough evidence? Right. It's not, <laughs> right. that's not a thing. Um, except for in the world of aliens no, <laughs> because yeah. aliens. Yeah, no, you're a hundred percent correct. And I think even just from the, you know, defense aspect as well, when you're talking about Department of Defense type things and the, and the uh, conversations and the discussions that I've had in that world, you know, I've been told, hey, look, there's there's a lot of stuff <laughs> that's out there that isn't talked about in the disclosure hearings that is kept on these, you know, private servers, so to speak, without getting too, too far into the specifics of some of the stuff that I've been told. But, you know, these sightings, these these are things that are caught on radar. And that are being um, investigated, I mean, as we speak, by Department of Defense officials. So that's the other aspect. And now that's where you kind of get like, you know, Lou Elizondo looks at that part a little bit more when it comes to what does this mean to national security. So I think when you talk about the discussion when it comes to have not having that side eye, People don't realize anymore. They're still kind of stuck in the 1990s when you're like, oh, X-Files is kind of, you know, you're just watching X-Files that, you know, on Tuesday nights or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is now something that's being discussed on the national defense stage where they're, they are having those conversations and saying, hey, we, these aren't ours. It's not China. It's not Russia. It's not North Korea or Iran. So we don't know who they belong to. And that's a discussion right. that's happening on the American defense, on Italian defense, on Israeli defense. These are things that are happening from departments of defense around the globe, let alone America. So I think people need to start gaining traction on that idea that it's <laughs> it's it's not just like, you know, these weirdos who talk about aliens. No, this is these discussions are happening at, at high levels because they don't know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why and, we talk about it. Been. They've been happening for years and years and years. And it's just, you know, it goes, it's almost like it goes through phases because I've read a lot or I've listened to a lot uh, lately on like crop circles mm -hmm. and stuff, which by the way, your podcast was specifically the one that brought my attention to that whole thing. Because again, when I think crop circles, I think to, maybe I talked about it when I was younger and then my parents laughed at it or something. And it was, you know, it never really crossed my mind again. Um, but crop circles is another thing that it's been talked about for years. And back, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it wasn't that quiet. It wasn't discussed as if there was no way it was real. It was openly discussed and it was like, okay, what's going on here? We're trying to figure it out. But the mathematical evidence, like the, there's just so much evidence when it, to every aspect of this. 
it's it's mind blowing and it it's is. been going on. It's been discussed for years. It's just for whatever reason. Now, again, we are in a time period where it's not it's all stigmatized. Right. <laughs> right. And we need to start moving away from that. So and I think what you're doing with the team that you're putting together is really going to help that, because I, I will say this as we wrap up your uh, page. And if uh, is, again, Paige Fox joining UAP Weekly here, Stephen Diener talking about uh Looking at the UAP discussion from the legal side of things, Paige is an attorney in Chicago and she's taken on this mission that really intrigues me because I've never seen it done before, taking on the mission of having the UAP discussion from the legal sense of things and trying to prove some of the stories that maybe I've even talked about on the UAP podcast, trying to prove those types of stories as factually true in a court of law. So. I will say this, when it comes to what you're doing, Paige, I really admire it, and I hope that, because um, it takes a leap of faith, what, what you're doing, and I hope that it continues, because if it does, and this is just my own prediction, okay, I see this being a an international thing that's that's picked up. Like I could see your story, what we're talking about right here, right now on UAP, UAP Weekly, becoming an international story because if someone can take Danny Sheehan and Dr. Stephen Greer and a team of attorneys and bring the UAP discussion to a court of law, that's going to make headlines. So I really hope that you can continue to progress here and, you know, kind of get your ultimate goal, not only to have this discussion more often out in the open without that stigma, but to be able to say, Hey, you know what? You may not believe this stuff, but here's the evidence and we're going to present it to a jury and you can decide for yourself. I think it's amazing. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's really, I mean, and the thing is like, I am just a, a very like normal person who has just like gotten interested in this and then picked it up and then really started looking into it. And that's all it takes. It takes just the time or at least seeing the evidence. And I think that, yeah, I mean, I would love for, you know, if anybody wants like to present on this stuff to people in their state and everything else. Cause yeah, the goal with the, um, with working with Derek is absolutely, we are getting a team together to bring this to a court of law, you know, like that is the goal, but essentially if there's people or attorneys or paralegals or anybody in the legal field or any really anybody at all that, that wants to help with this stuff, I mean, there are ways to do it and it's just, it's about getting it out there and, you know, laying out the evidence, but then also ha having people decide for themselves or telling people where to look to find more evidence, if, you know, if they don't want to hear it from you, because it's all there. It's all right. it's all out there. We just it's a way of getting it organized. So exactly. So if there's anybody that wants to help, how can they reach you? Would you just suggest I'm not looking for you to give out any of your personal contact information, but maybe they can find you on LinkedIn or on social media if they want to reach out and say, hey, you know what? I can uh, help with this with this effort. Yeah, for sure. Um, so in terms of the efforts that I'm working on with Derek Garcia and uh, Dr. Stephen Greer, we have an email specifically for that. Um, it's disclosure.legal at gmail.com. Um, and there's a form that I sent you that they can fill out. We're collecting information basically um, where, where you're able to practice, you know, how long you've been practicing the, the different jurisdictions um, and what your interest is really. Um, so there's a form out there that you can do. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, TikTok, Instagram, under Page Fox, Page on Fox. You can find me there. Um, and if anybody's interested in, you know, working on like the CLE or giving presentations or figuring out ways to write 
documents or write legal memos on this stuff. Um, they're happy. They're more than welcome to reach out to Derek or I also, because we definitely have, we don't want to push anybody out. There's plenty of work that needs to be done. So we'll take any of the help we can get at this point. Yeah, and I can go on to uh, our UAP Twitter, at UAPodcast850, and I can even, if you like, I mean, I just thought of this on top of my head, so you can say no if you don't like the idea, but I can even tweet out uh, the form that you gave me. If anybody, you know, in the field of law is interested, they can just kind of go to that link on uh, the UAP Twitter as well, um, and they can follow, you know, the the directions from there. So I think... You know, again, Paige, I think it's great. I'd love, if we can, uh, to keep up with each other. I'd love to have you back on as you progress. I'd love to talk to Derek, to Dr. Greer, to Danny Sheehan, if any of them are available or willing. I'd love to have them all on UAP Weekly. So I think this is something that uh, we'll definitely keep up with. Yeah, for sure. And they're all, I mean, they're all wonderful people. They all have been great to work with. And so I'm really excited. And everybody that submitted their information in terms of attorneys so far Really excited to work with them, too. That's awesome. <laughs> well, we're definitely going to keep up with the page. And I, again, I appreciate you. Paige Fox joining UAP Weekly here today. And I guess uh, maybe you'll see aliens on court TV soon. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how this wait. turns That's right. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Thank you very much, Paige. Again, I appreciate yeah. all, all your work you're doing here. Thank you. Same to you. All right. Paige Fox, she was great. Um, we'll definitely talk to her again and some of her team members as well. I mean, you heard us talk about their... Uh, possibly having on Danny Sheehan, Dr. Stephen Greer sometime in the future here on UAP Weekly. So really excited about the whole prospect, about that whole project. And I will definitely keep you guys updated on uh, what is happening with all that because it it really could turn into something. So we shall see. I really definitely wish them the best of luck with it all. It's very admirable what they're uh, what they're trying to do. But I wanted to, I mentioned before coming into the interview with Paige, I wanted to play just a couple of more things from this hearing um, with NASA and Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick because it really struck me and it really, um, I guess, it, it related to what Paige and I were just talking about when it, came, when it comes to the stigma of this discussion. about If you talk about it, maybe you get it looked at as a crazy person, right? Well, actually, doc, Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick kind of commented on this and spoke about it and here's what he had to say i thought it was i thought it was pretty striking the stigma has improved significantly over the years since the navy first took this on um, some years ago it is not gone and in fact i would argue the stigma exists inside um, the leadership of all of our our buildings so it's still a battle even within and that's why it's so important, like I was just talking about there with Paige, to try to overcome that stigma, to try to overcome, you know, the way that people look at all this and have this conversation out in the open, which is exactly what she's trying to do. So I thought that was fascinating how what he said during that hearing really directly correlated to the conversation we were just having. In fact, even more so when he talked about having this conversation out in the open, how important this hearing is or was with NASA and the, and the continuing conversation. Here's what he had to say about that. It's, it's incredible. Where can NASA help? I made that recommendation on NASA should lead the scientific discourse. We need to elevate this conversation. Right? We need to have this conversation in an, in an open environment like this where we aren't going to get harassed. Because this is a hard problem. It is a hard target problem. We need to understand what is the things 
that are in all of our domains, space or air or undersea, and how do we make sense of that? Pretty interesting. I mean, he's kind of putting it all out there, air, space, and sea. What are these things? They don't know. They're still willing to look into it, and they're still willing to have the conversation out in the open. And that's all we can ask for these days. Now, whether or not, you know, they're kind of playing us for fools and they do know what's going on, but they're just not ready to release everything yet is another discussion for another day. But the fact of the matter is the conversation is happening. And that's important for all the reasons that you just heard there and all the reasons that we talked about here today on UAP Weekly. With that said, that's going to do it for today. Sorry for the extended version here, but I definitely I wanted to get all this in here for you today. Like I said at the start, we were chock full on this episode, but I, I hope you enjoyed it nonetheless. Next week, you know, I'm going to keep up with everything that's going on. We'll see if I can get a couple more interviews going on here in UAP Weekly. Um, I, I do plan on having more conversations uh, with my sources here in the next coming days, so... I'm sure I will have some more info for you on that end as well, where I can kind of give you the the scoop of what's happening and some of the things that they're not talking about in these hearings. So looking forward to all that. And also make sure that you continue to follow along on Twitter at UA Podcast 850 is uh, where you can find the show on Twitter. I respond to uh, everyone as much as I can on there directly. And I always love getting feedback or any ideas or just anything that you have to say about what you heard or you know what you'd like to say about the show, anything on your mind, really, at UA Podcast 850 on Twitter. And, of course, continue to download and subscribe to the show, UAP, where you get UAP Weekly as well, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And I know I say this all the time, but I feel I can't say it enough. I so truly appreciate the way you've all taken to the show and continue to take to it. Thank you so much for all the love that that uh, you give this this project of mine with UAP and I'm going to, as long as you want to keep hearing it, I'll keep going. So much more to come here on UAP Weekly and, of course, UAP, which, of course, all of that is coming down the road soon as well. So I look forward to covering all that with you. Until then, though, until next time, Stephen Diener here, UAP Weekly. I will talk to you again soon. Be good.